Welcome to episode two of this season of MBAs Unplugged, and happy almost Thanksgiving. We're your hosts, Hillary Clark and David McGarry. David, once again, can you tell us what we have on today's episode? Absolutely, Hillary. Today we have our club president's roundtable. Their three clubs don't represent every club here at Marshall, but we wanted to give you a diverse sampling of professional clubs and really dig into what they have to offer the students here at Marshall. First, we have Lulu LaViolette. I wish she changed her name to La Violette, but I can take that up with her at a later date. Uh, she is the president of Marshall's High Tech Association, the professional club that's designed to support students recruiting for the tech industry. She has a background in climate change policy and greenhouse gas accounting. Prior to her MBA, Lulu worked at a as a greenhouse gas accountant, assessing legitimacy and feasibility for carbon offset projects. This summer, she chose to pivot away from climate change policy and into climate tech and worked at Rivian Automotive, which is very cool. Uh, she's currently interning at a climate tech startup. And post-MBA, Lulu hopes to continue working in climate tech as either a carbon strategist in our operations um, depending on the company. Absolutely. We also will be adding Danielle Pruitt to the panel. She is the current president of the Business of Entertainment, also called BEA Association. She majored in film and environmental studies during her undergrad at Wesleyan University. Prior to business school, she worked at MTV as a producer and content strategist, directly supporting the company's largest award shows. Upon graduation, she'll be returning to YouTube, where she earned tennis Schilmer, to work on the marketing team. Long-term, Danielle plans to establish a production company that leverages the transformative power of storytelling using technology such as VR to educate, entertain, and inspire positive change on issues such as injustice, or social injustice, excuse me, and global warming. Also, we'll have Jeevan Gandhi joining us. Jeevan is originally from New York and studied music at the University of Chicago, focusing on film scoring and soundtracks. After graduation, following his love of fashion and retail, he started at Coach first in store allocation, and then moving to buying and sales planning for the full-price North American men's business. In addition to serving as the current president of MIRA, which is the Marshall E-Commerce and Retail Association, Jeevan will also, was also involved with the Marshall Consulting and Strategy Club and the Marshall Leadership Fellows Program. His other interests, and let me tell you, there is quite a list here, and we are excited to have him on the pod, include writing, playing, and listening to music, cooking, trying new restaurants, and going to museums. He truly is a renaissance man. Now, full disclosure, there was a lot of laughter. It was a very fun interview. And David and I are a bit tech challenged. So bear with us if you hear some, uh, if you hear some awkward silences or pauses. That's just us all laughing over each other. So let's get to that conversation now. Some of my favorite people from Marshall are joining us today. Welcome, club presidents. So Let's just start it off with what is your club's biggest benefit or your reason for being? Yeah, so I'm the president of Marshall's High Tech Association, which supports its members in recruiting for tech, whether that be in big tech, startups, what have you. We have something for all of our members. Hey, everyone. I'm Danielle. That was Lulu. Yes. yes Don't worry. We'll have the intro. Great. Um, I am this year's president for BEA, which stands for the Business of Entertainment Association. Uh, we're here for entertainment. We are entertaining, you know. Always entertaining. Always entertaining. Um, but yeah, we help students recruit 
um, within the entertainment industry, and that includes sports, music, uh, film, TV, all the things. I'm Jeevan, the president of Mira, which is the e-commerce and retail association. And we help our students recruit for retail roles, for e-com focused roles, and that kind of crosses uh, a variety of different industries, uh, you know, things that are traditionally tech, things that are traditionally e-commerce or traditionally entertainment uh, and otherwise. Uh, so, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you all for coming. Yes, of course. Now, a big challenge, I would assume, for being a club president is motivating people who are unpaid to work for the club, especially your board. So if you guys could maybe talk about your experiences or how, how that's been a challenge. I would actually say it hasn't been that big of a challenge for me. I think it's difficult for me to motivate myself, but the board is really active for HTA. I also think that I've inherited a really well-oiled machine that has, you know, casing prep, recruiting and professional professional development, all kinds of events that HGA has historically put on that I'm sort of just inheriting and making sure they run smoothly again this year. And I think my board has done a great job so far. Yeah, plus one. I mean, I think uh, I too have been lucky in having a board who, which Hillary is on, our very own Hillary. <laughs> I know where you're going with this and I'm going to cut you off. You guys can be candid. How is it? How do you get people I'm to actually do work? Well, you know, I think we should zoom out for a second and talk about how these clubs are even like integrated within Marshall as a whole, right? Like, because I, I think it's different at every school. Like, so basically, um, we are recognized by the university, but the university, like, you know, has limited resources that they can provide us as club presidents, unfortunately. So the club is um fully funded by the students um i think that that sometimes provide uh creates um some difficulty with figuring out how to motivate people because you know we're all volunteers we all have class we all have social lives uh we all have recruiting more importantly so i think like while i'm really proud of my board and i think we've worked really hard this semester to put on some really awesome events um, I would love to explore what it could look like to integrate more of our programming within the school so that we could put even more events on. But I'm curious to see what my fellow presidents also have to say in that regard. But Jeevan, I'll let you speak to your school club first. Yeah, so kind of building on that, I think that tees it up really well. I think there's a lot of opportunity to integrate the clubs more with the rest of the kind of student experience going beyond just academia, going beyond just social. That being said, I think from like a motivation standpoint, there are really like two things that came to mind as you guys were talking, which is the first is this is kind of one of the only opportunities that we have as students to like really, or as people just to choose the team that we're going to work with completely. And so as a result of that, like it's an opportunity to like pick people that I, I thought, you know, I could work really well with and that I could spend a lot of time with and that we would do a lot of work with. Um, and at the same time, I think it's an opportunity to like, it allows everyone to kind of coalesce around a, a vision or a set of values or something, you know, some kind of greater ideal, which is the then motivating factor for like volunteers or otherwise. Because that's quite difficult, I think, just in general, like being in a job is hard to do when you do it all the time. Um, but when, you know, we have like a confined kind of pressure cooker six months to really be impactful, it can be really inspiring and as a result uh, from a team perspective. 
And actually, to, to add to that too, I think a lot of uh, my team and myself are very motivated by just trying to get our classmates jobs in the industry that they're excited to be in. Um, I think like at the end of the day, what we put forth is like in an effort, like literally to that, to help everyone recruit. So I think we all get excited when we hear about people having interview um, interviews coming up and offers. And I, I love like the camaraderie and the collaboration that comes as a result of that excitement. I'll also add back in that HGA is a well-oiled machine. We have the same programming every year. At the beginning of the year, I think when everyone is looking to join the board or at the end of our spring semester, everyone has just come off of their recruiting journey and is really excited to make changes to the club or do things that they felt like maybe they didn't get in during their recruiting journey and wants to make that change for the next year. But by the time that we come back from our summer internships and everyone is either re-recruiting or has a job lined up, your motivations kind of shift. And that's definitely true for me. You know, I'm the president of the club. I'm theoretically supposed to care the most, but I also have a lot of competing priorities um, as well. So I think recognizing that in myself and recognizing that in my team to make sure that we get done what we want to get done and also leveraging the AVPs, the assistant vice president. Vice presidents, <laughs> what that uh, stands for, who do have that level of energy that I think that we all wish we still had that want to make that change and making sure they're given tasks to be as impactful as we want it to be last year. I think that I try to have a good connection with AVPs and make sure that they know what's expected of them and that they're given a good level of responsibility. Um, so that's one way that I've been dealing with with motivation. And I can say for a fact, I know that Lulu and all of our club presidents here have their have their fingers in a lot of different pots and are constantly working on a lot of different things. So it must be very hard to juggle recruiting yourself um, in addition to leading a team and other people that are recruiting, which it leads me to a follow up question. I don't know if anyone's experienced this, but have you found that some people have been hesitant to share resources in any capacity or it's been competitive in terms of recruiting? Because at the end of the day, we're all going for the same jobs. I don't know if anyone's had that experience. I would say that I'm not really going for the same jobs as really anyone else at Marshall. Um, I'm focused on climate tech, which isn't really that popular of an area, or at least, you know, is sort of an emerging industry that people are interested in. I would say with HTA, we've had really an open source resource kind of um, structure. That was true last year and it's true this year. And I think that it's more of a question of people leveraging that and doing putting in their own work as well. So I'm also a peer coach, Danielle is too. Um, when I talk to people, I share resources with them, but I also make it really clear how much you have to put yourself in front of recruiters or in front of companies that you want to work with. Like the Marshall Network is strong. HGA is really strong in terms of what it provides to its members, but you have to do the work. You have to put in your own work. And um, yeah, I think that's true on the club basis and also on the school-wide basis. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can say that the fact that everyone is so collaborative is one of my favorite parts about the culture here. Um, For me in entertainment, like, yeah, a lot of us do go after the same jobs, but I was so pleasantly surprised that, uh, for example, when I found out I had an interview for YouTube and I found out a couple of my classmates had also interviewed for Google, like they instantly sent me their like 40 page docs with research and like questions that they'd been asked and things like that. 
even though we knew that we were going after like similar roles. So I think that like there's this attitude where we're like, we're not competing against each other. We're just like here to support. That's been um, really awesome for me. Yeah, I would just add um, the other hat that I wear. One of the other hats that I wear uh, is on the consulting board. And those are, you know, there are a limited number of spots. They're kind of interchangeable. They're all pretty much the same job. Um, but I think what makes our club so successful and what has made our program so successful on that front has been the collaboration. Um, I was explaining this to a, a first year a while ago, but like a core part of my recruiting journey last year was when one of my friends got a McKinsey offer. And that I think like it's a highlight of achievement for me, the fact that we worked so closely together and then they were so successful in their own journey. And I saw that play out across a, a bunch of my other friends as well. And I think that like kind of really speaks to the value of the community. Uh, and it's something that I haven't really found in places outside of like the USC Trojan network, et cetera. I'm hearing a lot about uh, collaborative ambition here. <laughs> wow, you sound a lot like our president, Olivia Glick. Yes, I don't know the village she did also. No, but I, it is awesome to hear. And, and I will honestly, I'll even vouch for some of these folks. I think Lulu, just by being involved in the tech space, has even afforded me some opportunities, which has been awesome to hear. So um, absolutely, we love that Trojan network. We love that Trojan family. Um, so you guys have talked a lot about kind of what it feels like to be part of your club, talked about what it feels like um, to kind of leverage some of these resources. But you also, you know, your clubs have websites. So we would love to know what uh, what is something we might not know already about your club? Go first. Uh, well, actually, one thing that I found really interesting is that um, a lot of clubs have spun out of VEA. Um, Mika, which is the gaming club on campus, uh, spun out of VEA, I think about four or five years ago, if, if I remember correctly. Um, and right now, um, we have a very large cohort of students interested in sports. And there are some conversations of figuring out if, um, you know, we want to make that a separate entity as well. Um, but yeah, that's a fun little fun fact. Mika, born out of VEA. I did not know that. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I think one, um, I think there are things that Mira does particularly well, and I think there are things that we do that are like kind of less advertised. There's our explicit activities, which are very event focused, very driven by speakers. And then the kind of implicit, like less talked about side of it is really the community that we've built of people. Retail's kind of particular at the end of the day, like it's it's a very specific type of work. Um, and the the metrics that we use to track retail are different from those of uh, other industries overall. And as a result of that, it kind of has a different group of people who are really attracted to it and spend a lot of time in it. And so I think the benefit of community is something that is not as often talked about when it's, you know, Mira is nowhere near as large as BEA or HTA, but even still we have a pretty strong kind of community of people who are really interested in the topic. If you don't know this already, HTA is the biggest club on campus. <laughs> for um, <laughs> recruiting efforts have been unparalleled this year. Yeah. How many members do you have? I said 400. I'm a stick. There's no way to There are 300 at most. Just wait till the LA tech track. There will be 400. Members. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. You, you know what I love about these club presidents is that above all else, they're humble. <laughs> 
I am HTA. Absolutely. That that translates very well to my next question, uh, kind of putting on a little more of a selfish hat. In what ways do you think you're going to be able to walk away from your time as a club president that you can actually apply to the real world, right? What are the leadership kind of just moments or learning opportunities that you've had? Uh, and can you share some with us now? This is cheesy, but I feel like leading a team, I've learned so much. Maybe it's not cheesy, but I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm actually in the middle of interview prep right now. Um, and one of the key behavioral questions that we all prepare for is like, tell me about a time that you led a team. And I have experiences in the past where I've led teams in more of a soft way, I guess, or like I've had opportunities to lead, but being the president of a huge club with 40 members of the board, it really is a leadership opportunity. And I feel like I'm learning so much in that position, um, both for positive and negative, like some of my weaker points as a leader and some things that I'm really good at. So I also learned from past presidents, like the president last year of HTA was really good at organization. He was a product manager. I don't have a background in tech and I'm not going for those same kinds of roles. So I think that what I bring to the table is really different from what another leader might, including Danielle and Jeevan. I've learned a ton from other leaders. Um, it's a huge learning experience for sure. Yeah. Plus one of that. I mean, I was thinking about this recently and like, I, I can honestly say it's going to be some time before I lead a 40 person board and it, that also a 230 member organization. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, I think it's been definitely, um, a learning experience in terms of how to motivate my peers as Lewis was talking about and also how to effectively communicate a vision. Um, and, and get people to kind of, um, you know, support that and lean into that. But also, I've been learning a lot more um, of how to be a decisive leader. I think for me, like, you know, I'm someone who loves taking in, you know, uh, building a vision with other people and taking other opinions and like working together, teamwork, all that stuff. But I think it's one thing that I've found challenging is like, how do you and for BEA specifically, as I mentioned, like sports, music, TV, film, how do you like create this one thing for so many people with different um, things that they're trying to get out of uh, the organization? So just learning how to work through that and like manage expectations, as I said, commun communicate a vision. And I think honestly, looking back at my MBA experience so far overall, I'd say this is, has been like the biggest learning experience of, of just like how to navigate this. So it's been fun. Yeah, I think so. One of the events I wear is involved in the MLFP program. Uh, Tell us what MLFP stands for. Yeah, it's the Marshall Leadership Fellows Program, and it really focuses on developing leadership skills through the, the program is defined as like it begins with leadership of self, then moves to leadership of others, and then leadership of leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a nice kind of uh, foil for my experience in Mira because I think, you know, I come from a background where retail and fashion specifically when I was doing before is very hierarchical. It's very ladder based. I was an assistant for four years. I had no opportunity to like lead anything like outside of leading upward and kind of trying to drive direction. So to step into an, like an area now where I feel very well equipped to do a lot of different things on the leadership side um, has been wonderful. But what I think it's made me realize is mostly just about myself that there are problems, not problems, but like um 
areas of opportunity for me to improve that I haven't seen previously and that I would not have encountered if I hadn't been leading a group of other people. So specifically, delegation, um, I think it's a huge thing. It's a huge That's like a huge thing. How do you align your organization with your specific goals and mission? And if you were to give yourself a report card on how you've been doing, do you think you have done that by aligning your club with what you feel is best as a leader and what you believe in? And are there aspects of that that you think might never be possible? I think so. Scorecard, I feel like C minus for me. You know, but at the same time, I don't think I. I will say I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. Like I, I think the thing I've realized most is that I had this idea for what it will be, and I think if I had another six months, if I had another year, if I had another eighteen months, like maybe I could get it to that mm -hmm. point. Um, but I think that's always going to be the conversation. If I had a little bit more time, I could have done this, that type of thing. So I'm pretty happy with where we are. Like, even even at a three nine, at at Marsh too. <laughs> no, I, it's one of these things where I I'm really proud of like how our team has performed, and we've like I think that was the thing I was most focused on is like putting together a group of people who are going to get something done, and we've gotten things done, and I think that's what's most important to me. We've like doubled our club membership in the last year, um, which is huge. Is it everything and more? No, but that's okay. There's there's always room for improvement. Yeah. So I, I I like that. What about you two? Um, for me, I don't believe in grades. Um, <laughs> I think if this was a situation. I'd give myself a pass for sure. Um, I'm doing my best. I think you know it's hard. Like there are so many things to juggle as an MBA student. Um, and I I don't think coming into this, I had a full scope of how much work this was going to be very rewarding of course and I've, I've you know I've really enjoyed my time being president but it's been a lot of work um, and I'm really proud of my team though and I think that we've delivered on the expectations that we set forth for ourselves at the beginning of the year um, but as I navigate towards the spring semester I do want to put some energy towards helping the incoming leadership uh, make sure that they're set up for success um, so having a lot of conversations with the program office and you know our peers and our fellow presidents of to to make sure that we're almost all on the same page of like you know the changes that we might want to see implemented or the ways that we feel as that we can support the incoming class so that they don't have to you know um kind of do go through a lot of the more hardships that we have had to um coming in as a class who the, you know the class before us they unfortunately had most of their uh year on online so I think a lot of things kind of that used to happen traditionally kind of got lost in the cracks here and there. So for me personally, it's been, it's felt like a lot of wheel reinvention, which has been difficult. And, but um, I think I'm excited for next year because I know that they'll be able to start where we left off. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of making sure they're in a good spot. Yeah, I do believe in grades. <laughs> Great. I think it's a really good way to assess your own progress. And I'm going to give myself a B plus, maybe a B plus slash A minus. We had that in high school. And I'll give both of you at least a B. <laughs> I'll give you a B plus. I, I'm, not, grade myself very I'm not a member of any of your other clubs, so I don't really know how the inner workings are. But to go off of what Danielle said, we were kind of handed a difficult 
difficult clubs to inherit. Like Danielle said, the past couple of years have been mostly online and last year we were in person, but the clubs came into last year with a windfall of cash that they hadn't been used for a couple of, hadn't been used for a couple of years. I think a big focus, at least for HTA was rebuilding the social, the community base. And I, while I really enjoyed that with HTA, that's not something that I want to focus on as a leader. I think it was really important for me to make sure that my membership base got the jobs that they wanted. And that's been my vision through and through. And while we haven't been able to do all of the, you know, moonshot events that we wanted to do, I feel like from an execution standpoint, we've done a really good job. Um, another club president, Max Levinson for the Entrepreneurship and Venture Management Association, EVMA, we came out of a president's all hands meeting and I had talked about trying to get you know, a new CRM for HTA and like doing all of these things to, you know, pay at least 10 grand for, for some of our new systems. And he was like, why are you trying to run a tech company? You're the president of a club and you're a volunteer and you're here for six more months and not to throw Max under the bus, but that actually, that kind of shifted my perspective as a leader, because we can only do so much while we're learning these skills and we are running our teams. We're not getting paid. We are presidents of student-run organizations, and we are students in addition to all these other hats that we have to wear. So, you know what? I'm going to elevate it to an A minus or an A. I convinced myself of my leadership skills. Um, but you something interesting that we've discussed many many a time. But I don't know about you guys, but I do feel a lot of pressure in this world yeah. to make sure that our peers are getting the jobs that you know they saw they came here to get. And I think that's interesting because we are the presence of a club at Marshall. So it's interesting that there is that, uh, that just like burning desire, because I mean, obviously we're trying to serve, you know, our members, but I, I don't know about you guys, but for entertainment specifically, it would be awesome if like, you know, there were more, um, you know, uh, built-in things within Marshall as a school to support those who were trying to recruit in like specific industries because the clubs do serve as like a hub for industry specific recruiting in a way that I feel like, does put a lot of pressure on us you know yeah definitely i can comment on that from like a consulting standpoint i think which is like we have some really good systems in place from like a school perspective for consulting recruiting and relationships with firms and otherwise but then a lot of stuff is managed by the club to the point where it is it's kind of like you know i me and two of our other colleagues who are john lloyd and Ridma Songvi, do a lot of the case prep focused stuff that also has like a 30 to 40 person board. Um, it's also very systematized. There's like a set of things that we have to do every year, but it's volunteer hours. You know, mm -hmm. I've spent like kind of having a part-time job for all of fall, mm -hmm. working on that, working on Mira, working on otherwise. I'm kind of tired, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there's, there's a good balance. I, I would like to, have to see a better balance in the future of like, the amount of work that some of the clubs do for recruiting in addition to some of the work that the school is doing um, and that they continue to do, but we can maybe kind of even out some of that stuff. Definitely. No, we, we appreciate the feedback. And honestly, I think you all deserve at least an A. <laughs> we invited you here because we think you are, you're part of some really cool clubs doing some really cool stuff. So definitely feel free to, to put away the humility just this once. Um, but I do have another quick question for you all. You guys, obviously you talked a lot about how it is difficult 
uh, to balance a lot of this. It is, you know, it's a big role to take on and step into. But at the same time, last week when we were talking with Olivia, who, as we all know, is the student body president, she talked a lot about, hey, you need to sometimes make room for your mental health. You need to still make sure that you're taking care of you. Wanted to check in with y'all as, you know, considering some of our listeners, maybe prospective students, how do you make sure to balance the MBA with these extracurricular, you know, leadership roles you've taken on? Love to know any tips and tricks, strategies, or if you just want to vent to the mic a little bit, uh, we're happy to hear it. How do I balance? Thank you. Um, so I think this was pre-recorded without my consent, but I, I don't have a partner, so that makes it easier for me to focus on school recruiting. I have a part-time job and HTA, um, and also peer coaching every now and again. Um, but yeah, I feel like I go in and out of balance. Um, I'm in a leadership class right now and we had a speaker come in and she was talking a lot about, you know, work-life balance, work-life harmony. And we hear that all the time, work-life balance, work-life balance. But her point was that it's difficult to be pursuing work-life balance on a day-to-day -day basis, rather as a holistic sort of like life goal, that should be something that you're going for. So, you know, there are some weeks when I work out five days a week and some weeks when I don't work out at all, when I get all my homework done, when I get no homework done, when I'm working, you know, 20 hours a week on HTA stuff versus two hours per week, I feel like that's sort of my cycle and maybe it could be a little bit more regimented, but overall, I think that I do have a balance. Um, and I feel like I know myself well enough that if I'm getting really off kilter, I know what I need to do to, to get back on, but it's not a day-to-day -day thing. And I just want to chime in here and say that, you know, there's a lot of magic that happens behind the mic of podcasting. And I was going to cut that part about Lulu being a fingal. However, now that we're all here, if there's any eligible bachelors listening. That's not the point. I'm just saying, I don't have a family. I'm alone. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if we're going to be doing, I'm too single. It's Danielle. Hello. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I was thinking about this and unlike a full-time job, you know, at five o'clock, we're still working, yeah. you know, we're still getting texts. Like you can't really shut the MBA off in the way you can shut work off. Oh, well, some jobs, not all jobs. Um, but I don't know. I think that I'm doing the best I can in terms of balance, but I know that I definitely still have some work to do there. Um, but I think for me, the biggest part of it has been well, the biggest part of me regaining balance is reflection, just taking time at the end of each week to kind of reflect on what went well, what I need to work on, um, do a lot of venting with friends, maybe to vent more on the microphone. Maybe that would yeah. be helpful. Um, but I think that um, it does help to have a really um, strong support system, given like everything that we are tasked with here. And I'm grateful that a lot of Persistence at this table, actually. So that's nice. But um, yeah, I think it's a, always, a, for me at least, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, and just realizing that, you know, all we can do is our best. And so A pluses to all of us for putting forth our best effort. Yeah, I think a lot of what I would say has been said. I The biggest learning for me coming out of business school is an opportunity to be more balanced in how I do things, I think, even beyond delegation or otherwise from a leadership perspective that's the thing that I've taken out most of um I have a lot of hobbies like I I, I just need to like fill what I've realized is if I drop below like 60 percent busy I go insane and so I need like 
at least to be at around 80%. Um, but when school is at like 95, that's kind of difficult then to like have the time to like recharge and do things like write music or cook or otherwise. I was going to ask you to save your hobbies for the end when I ask you to plug something, but we'll come back to you on that. <laughs> you know, having I do love that. Um, and I have to say being the only person at the table without leadership, like active leadership experience, I actually don't think it's that hard to juggle the MBA. So if you're, <laughs> if you're someone who kind of doesn't want to do all that work, maybe maybe just run the podcast and don't don't lead the don't lead a lead a big club but this is something that i specifically wanted to ask danielle and we kind of touched on it at the beginning but how is it managing your friends because i am on the board of va i'm the community vp it doesn't take up too much of my time but we're 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 good friends in real life so how have you found establishing your authority when it's when you have to change between friend and leader i mean you tell me hillary that's that sometimes like you know what i have to do with it yeah. um it's not easy but it's difficult i mean i think like luckily most of you guys like we'll figure that out like you know even if there are disagreements we can figure it out and it'll be great but honestly it is nice because i obviously have some um, really exclusive access to my friends and I could just call them at 1 a.m. if I'm having a rant or someone needs to post something on campus groups and they will probably take my call. So that's that much more productive. It's funny because sometimes I won't hear from Danielle all day and then at 12.30 at night, I'll get like five paragraphs. But, you know, it's good to have her attention for that little bit of time <laughs> in the early hours. But it's cool because like we're building stuff together you know and I think like finding those people who you can not only you know want to vent to have dinner with party with and also build with like that's really awesome and I came to the NBA to build those kinds of relationships so I'm grateful that they've proven out because so many of them are on my board which is great guess no one else manages their friends here <laughs> but um I would like you two to briefly touch on how people recruit into your industry, especially Jeevan and Danielle, because I know it's very disparate. I guess tech is too, disparate subcategories and sub industries. But how is it that people get an edge in what in in the in the areas that they want to go into? Yeah, it's so retail is definitely tough and it's made somewhat more difficult being in LA, honestly, because we don't necessarily have a base of core retailers who work out of the city in the same way that New York does or that Paris does or that London does um, or that even San Francisco does at this point. Um, but that being said, you know, there are some companies that do a lot of recruiting with Marshall. And so we're, and we're quite close with them. Nike is a core example of that where we have a bunch of alumni who've gone there. We have people who are current students who are going there next year, uh, and we're doing some pretty solid recruiting across the board. Um, and then also kind of other California-based companies like Gap, Patagonia, uh, and then some of the more kind of DTC brands like Allbirds or otherwise. I think the difficult thing that it's hard to know when you're coming from out of industry into the industry is how to speak the language. And I think that's the kind of tacit, you know, uh, key that enables you to succeed in an interview. So 
if you talk about the right metrics, if you are paying attention to industry news. And then finally, like if you're applying, if you're applying for a job at a brand, you have to go to that brand store like, or at least shop on their website and know what the product is. Product rules in this industry. And I think like so often I see people who are applying for roles who don't have any idea or have very like marginal idea of what the product is that the brand is actually selling. And that is a, a, a limiting factor. So the biggest thing is like, it sounds really basic, but at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing is like being super clear about like what what a brand or what a company is standing for in the way that it goes about its business as well as like as a company and then being able to speak that language. Yeah, definitely would agree about being able to speak the language. Um, but I don't know, I think number one for entertainment is as cheesy as it sounds, your network is your net worth. Like, and the Trojan family is real. So it's amazing um, that so often, you know, their relationship with uh, an alumni that works at a, a dream company can like magically, not magically, because of course you have to land the, you know, do well during the interview process and everything, but really help the recruiting process in ways that maybe is not so prevalent with other industries. Um, and I think entertainment is fun because it's like, you know, obviously content is king. So just going back to what Jeepin was saying, like making sure that you're well-versed with like what's happening in the industry landscape, um, you know, what shows are popping, what executives are moving around to what companies. Um, but I think like if I were to, again, zero it in onto one component, I think networking is a really big one, um, which is part of the reason why for BEA, a lot of our events um, do come across as social in nature because so much of it is relationship-based. Um, and it's really, we, we really try to, um, really create uh, an environment where we're all like supporting each other, connecting each other with people to help move our careers forward. Yeah, I do feel like recruiting for tech is really challenging, especially this year. Um, obviously, I think we all know what's going on with the economy and with bigger tech firms are right-sizing their businesses right now. So especially if you're going into a full-time position, it can be a little bit daunting. Um, but some of the core tenants of HTA that I think are helpful for all of its 400, give or take, okay. you, 300 at most, membership base is um, our casing and recruiting and professional development programs. Um, casing, I feel like, was first developed for product management interviews um, and has since expanded more uh, to behavioral prep strategy, yeah, go-to-market strategy, PMM, PM, operations, kind of anything that you want to do in tech. And we've really tailored our programming to any functional role that people want. So I think that that's been really helpful for our membership base. I myself am recruiting into tech. I have a background in climate change policy. So for me, doing the casing prep, doing all of the resume reviews and talking to people within the tech industry, and then also like Jeevan said, you know, listening to podcasts about tech, understanding what's going on in the industry has been really helpful for me. And then, yeah, HTA was incredibly pivotal for me um, in, in my recruiting journey. So I want to go on with that. I think it's also important just to note that none of these industries exist in a vacuum. Like we all try to collaborate where we can. Like Jeevan, you helped us with the casing yeah. thing from E to BEA recently, which is awesome. Like you're on the BEA tech panel. Where are you? No. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people 
do have memberships into like multiple clubs and I think like each club has like their flagship programming and they're all complementary in a lot of different ways so um yeah just want to call that out yeah so. No, it's awesome to kind of see the ways that we collab. I also have to get out, give out, excuse me, a shout out to the support network. Uh, Lulu did not tease us, but as she mentioned, recruiting in tech is hard these days. We're starting a new program called Venti Invent, where people going through the recruitment process get coffee. And instead of doing a coffee chat for recruitment reasons, you get a vent over some Venti. I have one question. Who came up with that title? Uh, David McGarry. That was okay. Yeah. That David written all over my head. We had, David and I had our inaugural session a couple weeks ago. It was exactly 30 minutes and it was so helpful and just like really, really nice. So we want to expand it out to anyone recruiting in tech. Why just anyone? Well, second year is re recruiting. That's, yeah, that's truly really the okay. <laughs> I can be a support. Good luck. Awesome. Okay. But I love to give that a plug. But this also means it's time for my favorite segment, which means the plugs. Uh, so from our panel, we want you to plug literally anything. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Jeevan, talk about your hobbies. Uh, feel free to, to let us know. Oh my God, so many hobbies. Um, no, I think the thing I, I will talk about is I really like going out to restaurants. I think that's like, it doesn't really count as a hobby. To Jeevan at a restaurant one time. Here's looking at you. Amazing. It's so separately. Good. Another time. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. I mean, LA has like an incredible food scene. And I think that has been coming from New York where I thought like it cannot get better than this. I'm pleasantly surprised, I will say. Um, so I'm gonna plug specifically, it's like a very expensive drink, but it's delicious. Um, is the bar at the Mayborn Hotel in Beverly Hills dress up with your friends, have a $25 cocktail. It's great. It's I love that. Also, can I, controversially, I lived in New York and London, and I think LA has a more accessible food scene. Completely agree. And not everyone, the, the best places in New York are impossible to get re reservations at. And I like that in LA, I can go on Resi and get a reservation for almost any restaurant I want to, except for Pizza Palace. And <laughs> I'm dying. He's international. I am an international lady. Um, what came top of mind? I was thinking about this, but I really plug the show alone. It's on Netflix. However, I started watching it when it was on the History Channel. It's essentially ten people are dropped off in the middle of nowhere by themselves, so they're not dropped off together. They're film, they have about 40 pounds of camera equipment with them and they have to film themselves surviving in the wild. So anytime I feel like my life is, I don't know, stressful or I feel lonely, I don't have a boyfriend, I think about what it's like to be all alone in the middle of nowhere. And these people are so mentally and physically strong and I just, I just can't believe I just can't believe that show. Follow-up question, Lulu, would you ever be on alone? No, you you have to be a survival expert to be on it. It's like 10 times harder than anything like Naked and Afraid. It, it's a completely different kind okay. of show. Okay. Would you be on one of those reality shows that are maybe not as intense, like a Survivor or a Naked and Afraid? No, I would Okay. Thank you for that. Great reference here, you know, a good character reference. Good on, good on, Mike. <laughs> but Netflix. 
with your bullshit. Uh, but well, unfortunately, I should have some shows to plug, but I don't at the moment. Um, but I want to plug the consortium for all of you uh, prospective MBA students out there. Uh, the consortium is an amazing organization that helps um, students of color um, fund their MBA programs. Um, I am a consortium fellow, and I can say that, that having that consortium community on campus has been really um, everything for me. So you should apply via the consortium. Um, and I also just want to plug, you know, just friends in general, because she's friendly. Like, the what again, the culture of Marshall is so awesome. Like, I love that we can sit here and have fun, even though we're talking about, like, you know, official business, whatever. Like, friends are great. So make sure you get some good friends, guys. Danielle Pruitt, a natural on the mic. Thank you all so much for coming on our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That was awesome to sit down with some of our good friends and also some great leaders here at Marshall. As I mentioned with them, as classically we do for our atro, we will be giving you our plugs for this week. Um, first and foremost, gotta plug the USC-UCLA game that happened this past weekend. My goodness, it was electric in there. The final score was 48 to 45 with USC taking home the victory. Um, truly so cool to be at the Rose Bowl. So cool to be surrounded by other Trojans and just to, to get to take home that dub. Looking ahead, I got to give a quick shout out to our end of the year holiday party on December 3rd. Uh, this is going to be really cool because not only is it the full-time MBAs, but it also invites our part-time counterparts. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of just great opportunity to, you know, celebrate what all we accomplished this semester and look ahead to what all else we got to do before, I guess, some of us head out, sadly. Um, and lastly, I think it deserves a plug here is cranberries. Um, I, you know, thinking about Thanksgiving coming up, thinking about just what you know you put on your plate and cranberries doesn't get the love it deserves. I recently was at a Friendsgiving and somebody made like a lemon cranberry tart and wow. So I'm just thinking, think about cranberries. They're more than just a great source of vitamin C. They're a great source of flavor. So shout out cranberries. Thank you, David. Always making me laugh. Um, in terms of what I'm going to plug, I want to plug the BEA party. Uh, we just had President Danielle Pruitt on. Uh, and I, you know, that woman is a source of knowledge, but also knows how to throw a good party. So that's going to be on December 2nd. I'm very excited. Some fun things I did this weekend. I am really into White Lotus, just like everyone, I'm sure, listening. But I also rewatched Fleabag. And let me tell you, I think I'm going to I'm gonna have a yearly rewatch because it's just, it's so good. It's so fresh. It's it's amazing. Um, and then on the Thanksgiving note, I have been put in charge of cooking my family's feast this year. And Allison Roman does recipes for every side dish, even the turkey, which who cares about, but really, really tasty stuff. So check that out. Now, please subscribe or stay subscribed if you already are, because we're bringing you more conversations with current students and leaders in the future, including a roundtable with affinity club representatives and social clubs. And that's going to be coming up on MBAs Unplugged. So please send us an email if you have a follow-up for one of our panelists, if you're a turkey advocate and you need to tell Hillary that she is wrong, or you just have a content, you know, piece that you want us to talk about in the future. You can reach us at, and this is everyone's favorite part, 
mgsa.ft.vpcommunity at marshall.usc.edu. We always look forward to those emails and we hope to see you back next time.